You are listening to Your Blessed Life podcast, episode number four. The, the fallen circumstance that I'm in, uh, not saying, hey, okay, I'm going to exempt you from it. We're going to get you out of this. Uh, to me, uh, the, the full circle is not the change of circumstances. The full circle is coming to a real sense of being settled in his grip on me instead of my being able to handle the situation. Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life. With your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Well, welcome to the show. Are you already part of Bless Nation? Well, you might be wondering what that is or no, I'm not part of it. Well, Bless Nation is simply our community here at Your Blessed Life. And speaking of Your Blessed Life, if you go to yourblessedlife.com, that's where you can find out more about Bless Nation. But simply put, when you become a part of Bless Nation, you're plugged in to join us for regular insights, for regular teachings and even occasional resources that will hopefully bless your life. So I'd encourage you and invite you to join Bless Nation today. Jay Marsh here, and it's great to get to be here with you guys today. And I want to welcome you to your blessed life. So let's get right into the show. So our featured guest today for this episode is Matt Hurd. So Matt, I want to welcome you to the show. Jay, thanks. It's great to be with you. Been looking forward to it. I have to. I have to. Bless Nation, I want to share just a little bit um, with you about Matt so you can get to know him a little bit. And uh, then I've got a couple of fun questions for Matt. So Matt, you're originally from Monroeville, Alabama, right? I am. And you know, in an email that you and I were having a while back, did I get this right? So do you spend part of your time living in Colorado and then sp- and part of your time living in Orlando? I do. I do. We're kind of half and half. We're new empty nesters, uh, my wife Arlene and I. And so we spend uh, some of our time in both places and we have dear friends and joy going back and forth. Yeah, well, that's nice. I, I was thinking, I know your boys, you've got three boys, right? I have, I do. Yep. And my wife will tell you she has four boys, but three of them are sons. <laughs> yeah. Well, then your wife and my wife might have something in common. I have two boys and I am definitely the third boy, but your boys are, I think a little bit older than mine. So I know your boys' names are Andrew, Joel, and Steven. What are their ages? Uh, Andrew is uh, 26 and Joel is uh, 23 today. Okay. Cool. Uh, and Stephen is about to be 20. Okay. Yeah. So, man, what's it like to be an empty nester? You know what? It it's it's weird. I, I mean, we uh, we're so close with one another, and it's been we we asked several people just kind of in our in our circle, hey, who've gone through it, said, how do you navigate that? And they said, you know what? It's uh, embrace the difficulty of it. Don't try to deny it. And, you know, different families are different places at that stage. Some, it's a relief. Others, it's an interruption. And, and it's just kind of going with whatever that season is. But also understanding it's, you can, we can be spontaneous, somebody told us. Two, actually, two different people said, you can be spontaneous for the first time in 25 years. So 
we've kind of doing some ministry work in Orlando, and that enabled us to say, you know what, we can live part of the time here and part of the time in uh, Colorado and travel around. So the, the spontaneity has been great, even though we still miss them and relish every minute we can have with them. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that because my boys are, or they're, they're little. They're Jay Wesley's eight, Brady is six. And I'm already thinking, man, I, I'm not looking forward to whenever that day is they're out. So when you said that spontaneity, that, that actually gives me something to hold on to, even though I have a lot of years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you know what? They're, they're, they're ultimately, our kids aren't ours anyway. They, we are stewards. They, God has gifted us with them for a certain time to love, to nurture, and we continue to do that throughout our lives. But that under-the-roof part is, is not forever, and instead of trying to deny that or, uh, or postpone it, it's just saying, you, God, thank you for the time that we do have, and then utilizing technology even once they're gone to keep up. Yeah, amen. Well said. It, it helps us to really appreciate each and every season of our lives with our kiddos. Yeah, no question. And they are. They're all different seasons, and it's, you know, the days might drag on, but the years fly by, and uh, it's yeah. it's entering into that. Yeah, that's so true. You know, you said something a while ago, Matt, about having ministry efforts in Orlando um, as well as Colorado, and I wanted to share with Bless Nation uh, just a little bit about your background. So I know that you're married to Arlene. I know you've got three grown boys. I know that you spend your time not only traveling, but in those two cities for the most part. But I also want folks to know that, man, you have a, a serious pastoral ministry background. So you're a graduate of the Wheaton College of Reform Theological Seminary. And have you been in the pastoral ministry? Has it been for three decades? Is that right? You know what? Uh, I don't know that we really want to talk about that, Jay, because that <laughs> makes me, but I did start when I was in, in uh, kindergarten. So yes, yes, three decades. <laughs> That really does sound like a long time. That the, reason long it's, time. the reason it, it sounds like a long time is because it is. <laughs> it, it is a long time. That's, that's amazing. And, and that just gives you, Bless Nation, some insight into you know the things that Matt has experienced in his pastoral walk, the churches that he's pastored, the, the boards that he's been a part of. Um, you have a very impressive resume, but you know the thing that, that really got resonated. The thing that resonated the most with me is your book, man. I am. And we've talked about this. You know, I'm a, I'm a, a major fan of this book, but bless nation. So Matt has this book out called life with a capital L. And this is what has really brought us together today. And we're going to talk more about that book later in the show. But Matt, there's a couple of really interesting parallels that you ha you and I have in life. We both served as pastors. However, yours was for 30 years. Mine was closer to five, but we both served in a pastoral place and we, we stepped out of those into the next chapter in our, in our life and our Christian journey. And so we kind of have that in common. We're both trying to exhort this message of, of living a life in Christ that glorifies God and, and still allows us to experience the fullness of of what Christ has to offer. And, and for you, I really see that being founded in this book, Life with a Capital L. And for me, it's being founded in, in your blessed life and in, in right now in this show and your blessed life. So I had this extra kind of personal connection to you. 
because I, I love the way that you're opening the next chapter in your life. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it is a uh, we a couple of years ago. It was actually goodness two and a half years ago. We left. I've been the senior pastor of Woodman Valley Chapel for 12 years and left to to get this book done. It's it's not just, hey, I want to write a book. What can I write on? But this has been a deep kind of burden of mine and talk about 30 years of pastoral ministry. People ask, how long did it take you to write the book? Well, once I left Woodman, I wrote full time for about eight months, six days a week, more or less, just to, it, it was already all mapped out. But the bigger answer is it took several decades because mm-hmm. those themes in the book are what I've kept coming back to over and over, not just in terms of seeing this is what the the gospel is, and this is what the scriptures convey. But also, this is what uh, I, I, I'm learning, haven't learned, but in terms of all past tense, I am learning to experience. So, yeah, it's 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 a neat season to to be traveling and to just see people awaken to the fact that the gospel really is good news, and helping to. Uh, relaunch and revision a, a men's ministry that's headquartered in Orlando and is in a number of cities. And just to, to, to see uh, kind of the light turn on with guys when they start realizing, you know what, the gospel is for now, right. not just for uh, one day when I die. And so, and it's, it's, it's a neat thing too. I will, I will say Jay, that, I mean, your introduction to me, you, you got to know my book before uh, you and I ever talked. And so right. as a result, that that helps. Uh, it's a very unique thing for from a foundation standpoint for you already have that as background. So it'll be fun to interact. Yeah, it is. And it's it's an advantage for me because I feel like I've been chatting with you for hundreds of hundreds of pages. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, and I and I love that people have mentioned that. And I obviously bottom line, I wrote the book for my three sons because I wanted to if I die tomorrow, they have a legacy for me. It's a, it's kind of an overview of the so what of the gospel. But it's also for the church and it's for people like you and me who are just figuring out what does the gospel look like? on Tuesdays as well as Sundays. And so I'm, I'm glad that it's had that impact. I'm, I'm humbled by that and very grateful. Well, you know, Matt, as you share some things about yourself, I want to kind of digress just a little bit and ask if you would share something fun, a fun fact, maybe something that either your closest friends might know, or maybe even something that your closest friends don't know, but share a fun fact with us about yourself. Oh, I'm not fun. Jay, come on. I just kind of... (laughs) <laughs> no, we, uh, I, you know, people that that know know me well know how much, yeah, you know, we love interacting as a family. But you know, a, a lot of people don't know how deeply my wife and I love. We love hospitality. We love opening up our home to people. Not to a lot of people think, oh, great, it's another opportunity to um, to teach, you know, as a pastor. No, we're not opening up our home to do a, bi- uh, to do a Bible conference or a seminar, but uh, opening up our home just in terms of uh, what does it look like to, to understand the life that happens around the table. And in fact, we just, somebody turned us on to a book recently called Table Life. And it's, uh, they said the reason is because that's what you and Arlene uh, love to do. So, but that's one thing, a, a, a biggie. And also, 
I love a I love the outdoors. You name it, outdoors wise, love to do it. You know, from scuba diving, which is a very natural thing in Colorado, obviously, but uh, <laughs> to to just being up in the mountains. Uh, I keep a saddle at a ranch up in the mountains. Love love riding horses and also just fly fishing and probably a lot of people don't know that I also enjoy Harley. I've got a Harley and I get out in the mountains and I feel really guilty when I'm going uphill and I pass the people that are pedaling and getting more healthy, but I'm still having a fun time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are definitely some fun facts. And those are the kinds of things I love to hear that unless you just dig a little bit or you've got to spend a lot of time with someone, you'd never know about it. So thank you for sharing those personal fun facts with us. And, you know, you have so many interesting things that we can talk about today. But specifically today, what I want to talk about with you is I want to continue this theme of getting to know Matt Hurd. And I'd like to do it from the inside out. If we could, I'd like to talk about your daily personal walk with Christ. Would you be all right with that? Sure. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, so today's show, we're going to hit these three major pillars, these three major areas on, on faith, on hope, and on promise. And then toward the end, we're going to sprinkle in a, a few nuggets of wisdom. So if we could start with a story from you, Matt, on faith. And when I say faith, maybe it's more of a struggle story. Maybe it's when your faith was actually challenged, a time in your life where that the hand of God was really doing a work. Could you tell us about a time when your faith was stretched, a time when when you were in the the proverbial pit? Sure, sure. I mean, it is um it's kind of trying to pick one because obviously we still live in a a fallen world and those are all over the place. But one that is real fresh for me is and when I say fresh, I'm referring to a couple of days is just dealing with the overall cycle of our lives. And it begins over 20 years ago when my dad died of a massive coronary in a friend's office, a judge's office. They were laughing at a joke. And he just keeled over right there. So the reason I say a couple of days ago is just I just returned from being with my mom, who has continued to journey as an amazingly godly woman. But there is that, you know, Paul talks about in, in Corinthians, uh, the the outer body decaying. And that's a, it's just a, it's a reality that we all know theoretically is there. But until it's happening to us or someone real close to us, um, we uh, and especially our parents, we don't really we don't really engage with it. But the the two contrasts. And so I've been I just went a long walk a couple of days ago when I was at my hometown in Monroeville dealing with my my mom. We're trying to get her situated for this next season of her life, which means she can't be as independent as she would like, not because of her mind, but because of her body. And uh, that's just, that's a hard thing. But I was reflecting back on 20 years ago when dad experienced the, the opposite. There, there was no gradual, it was immediate. And dealing with the loss of kind of his companionship, his friendship, he was the best man at my wedding. He was the person I would call uh, right off the bat when 
uh, I was dealing with something really exciting or really difficult. And so the, the stretching part of that is God, you know, back then I'd never, you know, people deal with being orphans all the time, but I never had experienced that. And so it was stretching me from a standpoint of I'm now an orphan and God, how can you be my father in the midst uh, I was just beginning at a large church. I was there maybe a year and just uh, I was without God's wisdom. And now I'm dealing with uh, I, I was out without my father's wisdom and needing God, the father's wisdom. Right. And now I'm in that that it's a it's a pit of struggle because I feel so helpless with not being able to help my mom to the degree that we would all just like to take the load from them. And I know this is, it's sounding a little convoluted because it's very fresh for me where I'm applying something in two different ways regarding my parents. And what I'm trying to apply is, you know, so often we're saying, oh God, I wish you would take this away from me. Yeah. Years ago, I went to Israel a couple of times with a, an amazing guy named Ray Vanderlaan. And we talked a lot about a couple of times in scripture, the deer is sighted and the way that the deer uh, scampers over very difficult terrain. And obviously I've seen that out in the Rocky Mountains watching these sheep just and as well as elk and and mule deer just do amazing things on terrain and one of the principles that comes out of that is so often we pray that god would 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 change our path yeah. that he would he would alter it that he would make it easier and yet the uh, the scripture says god you give me the you give me the feet of a deer Give me the hinds feet of a deer, meaning this. So often we pray that God would change our, our path and give us a path that would accommodate the maturity level and the strength level of our feet. <laughs> when the actual thing is we need to, to pray that God would give us feet to fit the path. Oh, and man. so right now, so two days ago, I'm saying all over again, dealing with the, the latter days of, of my mom, whether it could be 10 years from now or 15 or or two, I, I don't know, and she doesn't know, but it's this, okay, I, uh, Father, I'm going to, I need you to give me feet to walk this path in such a way that I can help the people around me, help my family, and deal with th this whole reality that we are finite, we're feeble, we're frail, and we're headed home. And as much as we would like to pretend this is home, it's not home. And God, would you give me feet for the path until I get there? And so it's also, it's dealing with those kinds of issues. And, you know, there are several others we probably could talk about, but that's about the, as so often when we hear things, we, about testimony, it's, well, 85 years ago, I dealt with this. Well, this is two days old. I mean, I'm, right. I'm still grappling with, God, give me feet for the path. Give my mother feet for the path and enable us to know that you are enough in the midst of this, you know, kind of that you're sufficient. So what could we use as a takeaway for Blessed Nation here, our listeners? When we listen to that story and you begin the process of enduring and moving through this season, how can we endure a time where we're looking to get the feet that can sustain that path. Sure. I, I think, um, you know, it comes in the form of, of another, of a story that uh, regarding a piece of artwork that 
that has a daily impact on me years years later. And it's I was over in Russia with a couple of friends that we were touring some an orphanage that our church sponsored and some of their halfway houses. We were in Moscow, had a free afternoon, went to the State Tretyakov Gallery, and a painting caught my eye there. And I don't know if it was the size of it, the color of it, but I think a lot of it was the subject matter. And it was a, what I discovered not shortly after. It was a prison rail car st- stopped at a railway platform. And there's a mother and a child along with a peasant, a farmer, and a soldier. They're all kind of huddled at the window mm-hmm. through, the par- through the bars of this prison rail car. And the child is feeding bird, uh, some birds on the railway platform. And, you know, the benefit of having a smartphone in a gallery is you can look up details about, okay, what is this painting and so forth. And it was by a guy named Nikolai Yeroshenko. But what had first caught me is not only the subject matter, as I looked over to the plaque of what's the title of it, and it's There is Life Everywhere. And so I didn't know, okay, what kind of life is that referring to? Mm-hmm. Long story short, Yaroshenko was influenced by Leo Tolstoy, a story that he wrote three years before, Tolstoy, a follower of Christ. I looked that story up called Whitman Live By, and he begins with 1 John three fourteen. that's referring to the death and life. You know, when we love, we're in, in life. And that whole theme in John, both his epistles and his gospel, where he brings out this life of Christ. It's what, you know, obviously the book uh, why I entitled the book Life with a Capital L. But I, I tell you all that to say, okay, here we are. As I looked it up, this was a prison rail car probably headed to Siberia to the Gulag. Yeah. It's back in eight, the late 1800s. And what Yeroshenko was saying is there is life, meaning this life with a capital L, this ability to, to experience the enoughness of God, the enoughness of the gospel, Whatever the circumstance, these are people that are in a hopeless, supposedly, situation where they're headed to prison. They're headed to probably die up in the tundra land. Yet he is saying, and he's he's not saying it as a positive mental attitude thing. He's saying it based on a scriptural reality. Even in the darkest of moments, even those moments when the valley of the shadow of death seems so thick and overwhelming, there's life everywhere. There's life even in this moment. And so two days ago, as I'm taking this long walk, that was not just some theory out there. I, ch- I, you know, I was challenged to choose to engage, Jay, with even in this, there's life everywhere. Yeah. You know, the life of Christ, this eternal life that he comes to give us, that's present tense, not just future tense, that gives us uh, that that sense of restoration and de- of our humanity and destiny and sustenance and God's sufficiency and whatever I need strength-wise. There's life in this. And, uh, you know, I, I turned around, headed back to the house, my mom's house, where we were packing up some things to move her. She's keeping the house, but moving into another apartment as well, where some people can kind of serve her a better and keep an eye on her. And I, I went back with a renewed sense of there's life in this. There's life to be had, 
even in the midst of this, because what do we typically do? We typically think, okay, if I can get all my circumstance massaged, orchestrated, arranged, then I can experience life. Well, when's that going to happen? Yeah. You know, there's always something there where we're needing to exercise faith. And from that faith, taking the next step, having the hope that I will be able to experience the life of Christ, which is not just exempting me from uh, the situation and making everything better. But it is saying, man, I'll be enough for you in the midst of it. Yeah, even even in the not so good times. That reminds me of of a, a verse that I love, a couple of verses in Philippians 4, 12, I think it's 12 and 13, where, where um, Paul's talking about being okay in times of want and in times of need. And, and knowing that there's this secret out there that you can be okay no matter how bad it looks or how good it looks. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we, we know the secret and I love that Paul uses that word secret because it, it catches my attention. It almost makes me want to lean in and listen. And, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's that reminder. And then when I hear your story of that, of that visit where you were looking at that painting, it makes me think about tasting and smelling life. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good all it. of all of our senses yeah. to experience it. And to to say, all right, what what does faith look like right now? It looks like taking one more step and trusting that God will give me the feet that I need for this path. Yeah. But then the hope that I have is that with that step I can taste, as you say, yeah. I can taste life. Uh and it's you know and I'm sure, you know, we'll talk about that at some other time, but that it's the present tense nature of eternal life. This life of Christ is not just for when I die. It's for right now in this moment. It is, you know, you touched on hope and I think that's a great prop for us to, to deep, to dive deeper rather into that, into that conversation. So fortunately for, for the, the being in the, in the midst of a, of a struggle or a challenge, we know that you know, Psalm, I love how Psalm says joy comes in the morning. So I want to ask you about some joy. I want to ask you about some some time of hope, that a transitionary time where where something good in your future, you got to see the hand of God work away in your life that saw you through a difficult time. And and I know the story that you just told in faith, that's still in the works. So maybe it's another time, but a time when your faith was positioned for that renewed hope and eventual breakthrough. Could you tell us a story yeah. about that? Well, I mean, I would just, what I would do is reiterate kind of what I was just talking about, because that the, so often we think that hope is the fulfillment of hope is when we get what we're, we're wanting circumstantially. And I think hope is more, uh, that's what I was referring to with the there's life everywhere that that gives me hope when I turned around and went back to the house to to deal with m more of the move with my mother there was immense hope because I knew there was life waiting for us even in that circumstance so it's that you know the faith the hope uh, I think you also mentioned you know you follow that faith hope and promise um, to me the promise has to come Right along with faith and hope, and I, it's it's hard to do them sequentially because they're almost all simultaneous. Yeah, they are. But the but from a promise standpoint, you know, I, th I think you 
you've asked me, you asked me, you know, what, what are some of the scriptural, you know, passages that sustained you? And one of those in the midst of it is John 16, 33, where Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And too often we try to wiggle out of that deal. We will have trouble. And, <laughs> you know, and there, he couldn't have been more clear. And so, for me, being able to go back to the house and help continue packing and continue encouraging my, my mother and was a matter of saying, okay, he's going to give me feet for this next step. That's faith. He's going to, there is life everywhere, including the situation. That's hope. And the promise is that I can take heart. He's overcome this. He He, he is enough for this. And so um, I'm not trying to wiggle out of this. In this world, you will have trouble. And I think a lot of people think, oh, goodness, to focus on that is to be negative. No, I think it's to be honest. But it's not to be honest in a morose sense. It's just to say, you know what? The world is broken. It's groaning. But the beautiful, powerful thing is that he has overcome. And you know the the uh, why why do jewelers display the diamonds against a black background it's a black velvet background because the contrast and the, the beauty of of entering into the dance in which he has said i've overcome follow me yeah. uh, it contrasted with the, the the fallen circumstance that i'm in not saying hey okay i'm going to exempt you from it we're going to get you out of this. Uh, to me, uh, the, the full circle is not the change of circumstances. The full circle is coming to a real sense of being settled in his grip on me instead of my being able to handle the situation. Wow. That is so good and it's so relevant to the story that is happening and unfolding in your life right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how the, the promise of God you are using to support the hope that is in you in the midst of a bad time. Like you said, it's not necessarily an event that's happened. It's the process of going through this experience. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Man, I, I love that. You know, Bless Nation, as I listen to Matt share those stories, I'm I'm encouraged because God knows our heart. He knows what Matt's going through what his family's going through, what we're going through at different stages in our life. And we can stand on those promises, just like Matt's talking about standing on how Jesus tells us that he has overcome the world in John 16, 33. We can stand on those promises. So, Bless Nation, before we roll into our final segment of the show, I just want to invite you to subscribe to the show. If you've, if you've enjoyed visiting with Matt so far, I want you to be able to subscribe and have access to the show on a regular basis. It's easy to do. It's something you can do with just the click of a button. If you're on your mobile phone, or even if you're sitting at your computer at the desk from inside that podcast app, all you have to do is click on that purple button. And as soon as you do, you'll be set up to uh, be prepared for that next episode when it comes out. So I thank you in advance for that. So Matt, our, our next round and our, our final round of the show is I call it a nugget of wisdom round. So you've been gracious enough to tell some, some stories, to share some details. These next points, if you will, are really practical bullets 
that will bless our life. Can I, can I prompt you with a couple of questions and, and have you share some nuggets of wisdom with us? Uh, sure. You can prompt me with questions. I don't know. Yeah, there'll be nuggets, whether there'll be wisdom nuggets or just, uh, or not what remains to be seen, <laughs> but you go ahead. You, right. Never hurts to ask questions, Jay. I don't it know if you get any answers, but you ask away. Well, I'm going to ask in faith. I have, I'm faithful that they're going to be, <laughs> that they're going to bless us. I really am. I don't even have a question about it. So, so it's an easy question to ask. So I'll start off with this one. What are you grateful for right now? What's on your heart right now that you just find yourself praising God for? His enoughness. I mean, that's just, it, it comes right out of what we were just discussing, that he truly is sufficient for every aspect of our lives and that we can trust him. And so he's, 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 he's trustworthy from, from a health standpoint, from a family standpoint, financially, relationally, vocationally, but just, uh, it's a, a word I've never, you know, I've not, I've made up the word enoughness, but I kind of like it. So I do too. I'm going to stick with it. I like it. Enoughness. Well, on, on that same thread, if you will, tell us a way that you like to be a blessing to others. Huh? I, I would, I would say um, I love encouraging people, but I think a bigger a bigger picture. And I love encouraging them, not with just, Hey, it's going to be okay, but encouraging with grace and truth. But, um, uh, climbing even a little higher into the press box on that, I think bottom line, I love being what I refer to as, uh, I love being a pipe of whatever God's up to in my life on this given day at this given moment. Uh, you know, so it's, I contrast it pipes and buckets. And so often we tend to be buckets and we take everything from God, but we don't give it to anyone else. Whether it's insight, whether it's finances, whether it's time and whatever God has gifted us with, we're to give to others as pipes instead of we're not to hoard it as buckets. And so a way I like to be a blessing to other people is to give to them whatever God's given me right now. So if it's uh something where he's providing for me financially. I want to be able to be a conduit of that. If something, if he's encouraged me through an insight or just uh, through a, through his presence, how about I give that insight to others or uh, just be present with them, et cetera. So, yeah, that is a, an immense blessing being, uh, being that pipe and then being present big time. And you know, that might actually be part of an answer, but I'm going to ask this next question anyway. What kind of things do you do? So you, you've been in the ministry for 30 years. You've led churches, organizations, ministries, but what's something that Matt does on a regular basis that furthers your walk and strengthens your walk in Christ? I think that it's a matter of giving... The word that comes to mind, the reason I'm kind of hesitating, because I could say it, and it might not make any sense, but space, meaning space to breathe, space to listen, space for him to give input. Uh, and, you know, I can often tell, and I'm in a season right now where that is very difficult, given from a schedule and headed to airports and so forth. And so it becomes more of a challenge to make sure that I'm taking time to have just some space in my schedule to be able to get 
the right kind of intake to, you know, the psalmist says in Psalm 27 to wait for the Lord and to be strong and to take heart and wait for him. And so often we're running and saying, God, catch up with me when he's gone ahead. And it's a matter of getting regular scriptural intake. You know what we, going back to the pipe bucket deal, the only things that I can give you, Jay, are, are that would be worthwhile benefit to you are things that I've received. So I've got to be a pipe of that instead of bucket, yes. But that means, that implies, that assumes that I'm receiving stuff. And a lot of times, it's, it, it, I think that's got to be word and spirit-centered where I'm receiving what the Holy Spirit says to me through his word. And so it's whether it's doing a proverb right now, this month, just Proverbs is a great book numerically because you can do a look at a chapter in Proverbs one a day for the entire month, but also get regularly getting into the Psalms. So those are some things that I do. I also, just from a reading standpoint, try to have things that I'm reading by people that are no longer with us. You know, just making sure there are enough, I don't know how you would say it. You know, there's that movie, The Dead Poet Society. Maybe it's The Dead Author Society. There are some great books out there, obviously, by people that are still with us. But then there are those that have gone before us that are are no longer and just getting discipled by them. And so making sure I'm getting uh, good intake from not only Scripture, but from people who've been shaped by Scripture, but also People that might not, they might not necessarily name the name of Jesus, but all truth is God's truth Mm -hmm. and benefiting from that. Yeah. Well, you know, as you share, I mean, you just segue perfect into my next thought question. That intake, that receptor that you have to connect with God, um, you mentioned in the form of a book, you know, maybe some authors that aren't with us anymore. So I want to ask you a question about a book. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a book that is a hundred percent Christian book, but it has Christ tones in it. It has Christ principles in it. Share with us a book that's that's blessed your life in some area. Maybe your spiritual walk. Maybe it was your health, your finances. Maybe it was just a, a, a story that resonated with you. Would you share a book with us like that? Sure. I mean, I, I almost hesitate because it's a real obvious one. And, you know, a lot of people will talk about it. But at the same time, I've come back to it over and over. Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, they're some pages to wade through and then there's some pages that just fly. So, you know, uh, that would, that would be one. One recently I just reread is a book by Rollo May called my quest for beauty and just kind of looking into, okay, I'm getting busier and busier. And one thing over the course of my life, I thought I've got to, I've got to be savoring enough. So May's book and then rereading a book by John O'Donohue called beauty, the invisible embrace and which, he, you know, connects beauty with God. So those would be uh, those would be some that Phil Yancey, you know, I love Phil's books, and so a lot of his reading book now called Rumors that came out several years ago, Rumors of Another World, I think is the name of it. And um, so those would be a few. Well, thank you for sharing those. I'm gonna I include those in our show notes so folks can go by there and take a look at them and and uh, recall them and maybe take a peek and see if it resonates with them. 
And the reason that's so important to me is I think back to a time, it was a lot of years ago, but I was in a training and I got to hear this motivational speaker talk about the power of books and associations. And he basically just said that it's the people that you associate with and the books you read, they're going to be the foundation of where you're going to be in the next five to 10 years. And so that's always resonated with me. And that is one of the reasons that I wanted to hang out with people like you is because the people that we're hanging out with and the books that we're reading are going to have a large influence on where sure. we're at in the next five to 10 years. Absolutely. So I, I just appreciate that. You know, one other one I would add that, you know, it's a business book, no, no um, illusions for, for being a Christian book at the same time. It's, it's thoroughly biblical and just overall concept of start is Simon Sinek start with why. So you'll see it in business sections, but looking at, okay, what's the why mm-hmm. of your uh, company? But it, and I think it, it's for us to not start with why, because our why has to do with the fact that we're created. But the way that we can glean from that is then we, it helps us articulate the why and say, why am I here? Yeah. Not just why my company, but why me? And But in contrast to my company, I'm not coming up with the reason for it. I'm discovering the reason for it. What Simon's last name? Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, I think. And if not, I'll correct that and you can correct it in the in the notes. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely link that up to the show notes. I haven't I'm not familiar with that book, but I like I like the way it sounds. It sounds like it's very deep. I'm trying to think as I was just talking about his book and that overall well, actually, we can talk about it more. I mean, we could keep going over and over about different books. So we'll leave it at that for now. Okay, that sounds good. Well, before I have you share with us how folks can just connect with you here at Your Blessed Life, I want to ask you right now, what's going on in, in Matt Hurd's life that you're most excited about right now? Huh. I... um Last year, uh, about six months ago, took over the leadership of a ministry has been around for a number of years and just helping them revision, relaunch. It's called the Gathering USA. And just looking at what does that look like for a ministry that has had amazing fruit and success over the years. So it's one of those walking by faith in terms of the, you know, the revisioning and dreaming again and then relaunching. So that's probably on the forefront of my mind right now. And it's a great exercise in faith and a way to to just reconnect with some great friends down in Orlando that we've known for many years but haven't been able to be there. So that's probably one of the things at the top of my list right now. Okay. The Gathering USA. Well, we'll, we'll definitely, I know you've got a link to it because I'm, I'm familiar with it. So we'll definitely link that up as well in the show notes where folks can check that out and see what that's all about. And I guess our last question, and it's just kind of a nice way for folks that are like-minded to connect with you. If, if Bless Nation is looking to learn more about Matt Hurd, wants to find out more about your book, Life with Abundant L, wants to just see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to connect with you, Matt? Sure. And by the way, I love what I love the uh, the Freudian slip you just had with life with abundant L. It's actually life with a capital L is the oh, name of the yeah, book. That was, a, that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> wasn't it, it? That's exactly. Yeah, but it's uh, so sure there, there are several ways. My website, probably the quickest, uh, mattherd.org, mattherd.org. Uh, yeah. The book's website is life with a capital L.com. 
but also Facebook. My boys finally encouraged me to take the leap and get in. Uh, you know, I, I decided to to do Facebook last year. You know, I figured before it gets too popular, I might as well be an early adopter. And uh, <laughs> so I finally took the Facebook plunge. So I'm on Facebook and there's a book, a Facebook page, Life with a Capital L book that is on Facebook as well. So those would be probably four different ways to to get on. I, I need to figure, I, I do Twitter. I'm on Twitter, but I've got to, I've got to learn from people like you and and reschedule to allow for me to do tweets. I think you're supposed to kind of tweet more than once or, or twice a year. Is that right, Jay? Well, you, you... Matt, I'm right there with you, brother. So <laughs> I am not a Twitter, a tweeter. Uh, I need to, uh, I need to work on my Twitter tweeter. Uh, well, somebody so. said, Hey, if you could do one or the other, do Facebook or Twitter, you not can't do both, but I know there are plenty of others that do, do it all. So I, uh, uh, but those would be some ways. Cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing those with us. And I just appreciate you coming on the show today and and for being so open and for sharing so much with us. And I hope that our time today has been as much of a blessing to you as it has been to me. And, and I'm sure it has been to our audience here at Bless Nation. So Bless Nation, if you've enjoyed the episode, man, this would be a great time to leave us a review. I would love for you to go into the iTunes store and where you can click on that icon that, that says your blessed life and just click on that cover art. There's a picture there of me on uh, your blessed life. If you click on that, um, you can come to the ratings and review tab. Once you click on that, you write your review and then just tap the number of stars that you want to rate the show with. And I, I appreciate that. And I thank you for showing your support for the show in advance of doing that. So we look so forward to sharing the next episode with you. And I just want to leave you with this. Remember that God loves you and he wants to bless you.